This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and it is the last Monday of the month. I can't even believe we are a month into 2019 already anyways, but because it is the last Monday of the month, as usual, we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham with us in the studio, and today she's going to shed insight onto the need for boundaries and how to set them as well. So thank you very much for coming in. So I think the first thing that we have to start with is kind of defining, right, like yeah. what boundaries are and, and how, uh, you know, what they mean. Okay, boundaries are in a way like fences, you mm. know, uh, virtual um, unseen fences that you erect around you. Not not to keep people out, but to keep yourself comfortable. Right. So how do you know you need to set boundaries is that if there's certain situations or certain things that people are doing or saying that making you feel uncomfortable, then you really need to speak up and tell people that, um, for me, that's not acceptable. It, it doesn't make me feel very good. Mm. Very often people complain over and over and over again about how other people are treating them. And the first question I ask them is, do you have boundaries? And they say, huh, what are boundaries? Mm. And then when I explain to them, they say, but how? If I put up these boundaries, it's going to hurt other people. But at the end of the day, you're hurting yourself when exactly. you allow people, right, to infringe your boundaries. Mm. So you really need to notice what your limits are, your personal limits, and and then sort of decide. Okay, I'm not I'm not comfortable with people overstepping this, right, or not. And very often, your boundaries are personal boundaries. And what what's acceptable to you may not be acceptable to me, mm. and what's acceptable to me may not be acceptable to you. Like you know, coming around and just touching someone on the shoulder, you 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 might be a kinesthetic, affectionate sort of person. So every time you meet someone, you you go all huggy, and but somebody else might not. They mm. might feel that it's infringing on their personal boundaries. So we have to respect that. Sometimes when you tell people what your boundaries are, they say, "Yeah, why so fussy?" But it's not about being fussy. It's about this is something that makes me feel uncomfortable. So I want you to respect that. Just as if you feel uncomfortable with something, I will respect that. Absolutely. I think that's the main kind of, uh, that's the main word here, right? Respect. Just being aware of the kind of limits that people have and, you know, providing them the dignity to, you know, respect those boundaries as well, right? So, uh, you know, in this case, we'll be kind of looking at a few case studies that mm. you've uh, kind of brought with us um, as to what kind of boundaries could be set, I suppose, right? So you have this first case study that's like uh, to do with kind of the more work situation because we often maybe don't know what boundaries to set for work, right? Mm. Um, so the case study is, um, my boss calls me at all hours of the night uh, after working hours to discuss work matters. He even calls me when I'm on leave and has occasionally asked me to come in on an off day to look at documents or attend a meeting. Is this an infringement of my boundaries? How can I handle this, right? And I think this is a very common problem, especially in Malaysia as well. Yeah, we people just don't know how to say no. Mm. And every time I tell somebody, just, just say no, it's your off day. You know, it's time for family. Mm. And they say, oh, but how do we do that? Then we, we're not showing that we're dedicated to our job. I, I think there has to be a clear, uh, you know, you, you have to clearly define the difference between being dedicated to your job and having that time and personal space for yourself. Absolutely. Right? So one of the reasons why sometimes employers feel that they can just prevail upon you, call upon you at any time, night or day, or when on, it's a holiday and off day and all that, and call you back to work, is I think, Sometimes it's about you making yourself constantly available. Right. Like you're not setting a precedent that, right. that time is your off time, right? All right. You know, 
Christine, I had a story of someone who was on the way with her husband to the airport to take the children to Hong Kong Disneyland. Oh, wow. And on the way there, the boss says, there's a crisis. I'm sorry, you're cancelling your leave. You have to come back. Oh, my goodness. You know, what would you have done? I would have just gone on the flight. Sorry. I would have gone on the flight and said, sorry. You yeah. know what I mean? What, you want to dock my pay? You can't do that anyway. You know, according to, you got to go back and look at the labor laws. You can't do that. Absolutely. Everyone's entitled to the update. But you know what she did? She went back. She, she went back. Oh, my goodness. And of course, that did put a strain on her marriage, you know. So uh, sometimes you just have to clearly delineate. Mm. I'm not saying that when there's a crisis in the company or something that you, you don't lie and lie, you don't entertain yeah. these, these calls and needs to, you know, to, to go back and do something to help the company. But I think that employers have to also be made to realize that just because they're paying you a salary and clearly, uh, according to your employment contract, there will be a stipulated number of hours that you can work. Mm. And and sometimes, you know, I, I had myself personally a situation where I went into work and uh, I worked until 2 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then I went home and the next day by 8 a.m. I had to be back to do a presentation. Mm. And I said to the boss, OK, after that, after the presentation, about 11, 12, I said, look, can't go home. I'm really tired. She said, no, you have to work a full working day or take half day. Uh. And I'm like, you you need to have a give and take. How come when you come in early and you work late, uh, nobody counts, you know, nobody looks at you and say, wow, well done. Mm. But, you know, when you say you can't do it or, you know, you're going home on time, everyone makes a big fuss about it. Yeah. So one of the things you need to learn to do is to say no. Absolutely. Uh. I think at the heart of it also, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't work well anyway, right? So, yeah. at, uh, you know, you have to really put yourself as a priority first as well. Yes, yeah. you do have to put yourself as a priority. You have to say clear boundaries. And, and that's another thing. While you're at work, make full use of your time. Absolutely. If you're at work for nine hours, then work. You know, don't like hang around, cigarette breaks, coffee breaks, <laughs> long lunch breaks. Mm. And then everyone's watching all of this and saying, hey, you know, you're not putting in your hours of work. Mm. So, you know. Actually, that is a great segue into our next case study because that has to do about basically time and, and this is something that I actually personally can relate to as a complaint uh, so it says here uh, I find that Malaysians in general can be disrespectful of other people's time this happens a lot with me both in my personal and work life friends often make me wait sometimes up to an hour before they show up for dinner at work people turn out half an hour late for meetings is this infringing on my boundaries and how can I get people to take my time seriously this is a massive personal pet peeve of mine so I'm looking forward to hear your answer to that <laughs> you know everyone makes a big joke about Malaysian time I don't think it's a joke. No. You see, there are two kinds of people out there. People sort time. They organize time in, in, in timeline therapy in NLP. We understand that people sort time in two ways. Mm. Um, and this is also, you know, in the Myers-Briggs type indicator, uh, there are two types of people. You call them the perceivers and the judges. The perceivers get lost in time. They're like, no, go with the flow and time can just flow. And they're the ones that are usually late. Right? Because mm. they get caught up in stuff and lose track of time. Right. And the judges are probably like you and me, very, <laughs> very mindful of every minute. You know, we, we can tell time right down to the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Enough. I mean, what? I am an ISFJ, so you got that exactly right. That's right. <laughs> so am I, you see. So, oh, great. you know, so I, I really do not understand this thing about uh, not respecting other people's time. Time mm. is precious. I mean, the thing is also for me, what really bugs me about that situation is that 
they've specifically set aside time for you. And when you show up late, you're making them waste their time too. You know, so it's it's not respectful to them and and you know the priority that you are in their lives. Yeah, but we perpetuate it. You see, we mm. set an event at eight, and then you know people all trickle in at eight, and then we say, oh, yeah, wait lah till eight fifteen. <sighs> not enough people in the hall or at the meeting. You know, especially at weddings and all that. Mm. We don't want to start until the hall is full and have all the drama and no. all that. We <laughs> should just learn to start things on time. Then people will come on time. Yeah. Now as a trainer. If I say I'm starting at 2, I start at 2. If I'm starting at 9, I start at 9. If there's supposed to be 20 people and there are 8 people, I will start. Mm. And after breaks, whoever is back, I start, even if I'm starting with a video. So, and, and I never have this issue of people coming in 15, 20 minutes late for meetings. And if people do come in late for meetings, you know, I would pointedly look at my watch and say, meeting was set for 8, you know, it's yeah. now 8.15. So we've lost a lot of valuable time. So I think you need to tell people, and in personal relationships as well, I think you need to tell people who are continuously late. Hello, I'm coming uh, here at 8 o'clock. I'll give you 10 minutes. If you're not there, I'm going to order and I'm going to eat. And I find it in business-wise, it's really rude. So I think we need to set those boundaries. And and even if, if it's dinner, whether it's a business dinner or whatever, if people come late, start. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, I think this could, this could come across as like kind of complaining and stuff. But really what it is, is about the fact that we have to set these boundaries so that people can treat us with respect, quite honestly, right? It's true. And if people are treating you with disrespect, whether it's your time or, you know, your personal space or anything, if they continue to do that, um, if, if one person is doing it, that's one thing. And if it's 10 people doing it or 15 people doing it, who's to blame? Absolutely. You are to blame. Mm. And, uh, you know, that kind of leads into, you know, the next uh, case study because I think the previous two case studies are pretty black and white. You know, it's mm. very rude to uh, to make people wait for you, first of all. And it's also quite rude to just call people outside of work hours when, you know, that's their designated off hour. Yeah. But this is a bit more gray. So this has to do with social media communication. Um, it says, what do I do when people send me off-color jokes via <laughs> social media or email? I don't want to protest and come across as a prude, but I don't like receiving it in black and white. However, I don't mind in the company of my friends if we exchange a few of those kinds of jokes as long as they're mild and not too graphic. Is this contradictory? Well, it can come across as being a little contradictory, but I guess, you know, everyone engages in certain flexibility. If I'm, if I'm telling a few naughty jokes among my girlfriends whom I know very, very well, mm. it's different from sitting down and listening to really like off-color jokes in the com- in mixed company. Yeah. I mean, also to be fair, especially when, you know, first of all, if it's a workplace situation, that's clearly inappropriate. Yeah. And second of all, you know, when it's in black and white, it feels very like formal and, and bizarre. Yeah. Plus on social media as well. It, I mean, I think really what this boils down to is kind of like consent that is involved, right, in this kind of material. Yes. Because if you're the kind of person that you're very comfortable with it and that, you know, fine, up to you. But if you're not, you know, then people should really respect that and stop sending you things that you're clearly uncomfortable That's right. with. Now, if on WhatsApp and all that, if you tell people to stop sending you these things and they still continue to do it, especially in group chats and all that, you can either exit, tell them the reason you're exiting. Now, that's another piece of etiquette. I feel that it's really so wrong to exit a, a, a WhatsApp group without explanation. Mm. You know, I would just say, um, well, you know, if it's like an in open invitation for a party, I won't be able to attend. So, you know, since it's no longer relevant, I hope you don't mind if I exit. Yeah. But to just exit without a word is rude. So yeah. if you're going to exit, just say, look, guys, um, you know, I really don't, I'm not a big fan of, you know, of colored jokes and all that. And it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. So hope you don't mind if I'm exiting yeah. this group. 
And I think what's also important is that, you know, the in this case study as well, you know, there's this um, issue of like not wanting to come across as a prude. But quite honestly, like it's completely up to you and totally valid whatever you're comfortable with as well. Yeah, because it's it's about values. Mm. The kind of values that we were brought up with, you know. Some people are brought up with very strong religious values that says all these sort of things that no, no. Yeah. And some people, um, you know, feminists and all that, no, very feminist values. And they say, well, I don't think that I should, people should be sending me all these kind of sexist and, and mm. uh, sexual jokes and all that Absolutely. sort of thing. So I think if you tell people like really whatever is being is happening here it conflicts with my value system my belief system i hope you understand um please don't get upset but this is just who i am so uh, i'd love us to remain friends and in good terms but this is just something i'm not comfortable with and if people don't respect that then really i think you know you really need to draw some very strong boundaries as to whether you want to spend that much time with them or not absolutely well it's time for a little break now for some music but after that i will be speaking to sheila about how to actually set some of these boundaries that we've been talking about so do stay tuned to raise your game on bfm 89.9 for that conversation build fairer malaysia bfm 89.9 the business station you're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And before the break, I was speaking to Human Equation founder Sheila Singham about what boundaries are, uh, including a couple of case studies as well. Of course, it's the last Monday of the month. That's why Sheila is in the studio today. But, you know, I think uh, we've talked a lot about what boundaries are and the kinds of boundaries that we could set. But, you know, how do you know when to set a boundary? Like, what's the criteria for what your boundary should be as well? One of the first things you need to know is to sit down and list down what are the things that make you uneasy. You know, sometimes you're in the company of people and they're saying certain things and talking a certain way or treating you a certain way and you know you come away feeling very uncomfortable mm. never never mistrust your gut instinct your gut instinct is is something you know that you really should listen to it's, it's like your inner self telling you hey this is on this is not on that whatever that person's doing is conflicting your value system mm. and uh our, our value system that's in you know, your unconscious mind speaking to you. So why are we allowing this again? You know, stop it, stop it. So you need to, first of all, write down your boundaries. What makes you uncomfortable? Once it's written down, the act of writing actually helps you to clarify your thoughts and remember and sort of makes it really concrete or what is acceptable and not acceptable behavior, not just from yourself, but from other people as well. Because mm. the boundaries also help you to know where you shouldn't overstep. Right, I yeah? see. So that that's like if you don't want other people to overstep your boundaries, then you don't do the same with them because, you know, you got to really practice what you preach. Absolutely. Now, you can't be saying, hey, don't, please don't tell me all these off-color jokes and all that. And then once in a while, you send a cute little uh, <laughs> naughty joke to someone right. else and people go like... You got to dish it out and take it at the same absolutely, time. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> right. So um, then you got to ask yourself how uncomfortable, resentful or guilty is this person making me feel or is this situation making me feel if your level of discomfort is say like three and below then maybe you know just a little on a scale of one to, to ten okay. yeah then you could just you know talk maybe it's just your emotions and you sit down and examine yourself mm. ask yourself whether it was a big deal or not if it's like four to six then it's a more of a medium zone then you maybe need to have a chat with the person but if it's really feeling giving you a discomfort in a level of seven upwards then you really need to set the boundaries in that case now right. in terms of time let's say you need to tell people 
Um, my time is very important to me. Look, guys, I'm a judger. I get ballistic when people are late and, you know, it really stresses me out and to the extent that, you know, my head explodes and, you know, so please help me out here. Just be on time. What do I need to do to help you to be on time? Mm. Okay. Or So that's about punctuality. So and then, you know, if it, it's at the office and you're like expecting 10 people for a meeting and you go to just start. Just start with, you know, you, you can just start with a video or mm. you can start with a case study. But or start something regardless. Like, just start regardless, mm. even though the person might be senior to you. Right. Just say, boss, I, I'm sorry, I'm trying to p- promote this thing about, you know, being on time and schedule and trying to set an example here. Hope you understand. And mm. and if he feels it, feels the pinch, then so be it. Yeah. Because, you know, leadership by example, right? I mean, so here's the thing, right? It's it can often feel a bit complicated to set boundaries i think especially at work where you you are, you do feel like there are a lot of things that are expected of you to kind of conform to or to deal with right and so like you've also brought a few case studies to do with this um the first one is uh, kind of do with kind of harassment right so this is a case study where uh it says my boss wanted me to go out and party with him and a bunch of prospective clients all of whom were male i was not comfortable with the idea but i went along with it anyway because i thought a refusal might affect my job prospects i ended up regretting it one of the guests made an inappropriate pass at me. I made my excuses and fled home. When I told my boss about it, he was dismissive and told me it was part of the job scope. I feel violated. What do I do? In the first place, this person should have established firm boundaries and say I'm not going out mm. with an all-male group of people. But I guess, you know, what, with that pressure, especially from, you know, their boss, like how do you navigate that when your boss is specifically telling you to do something like okay, that? Okay, then you could just ask the boss, are there other female colleagues coming? Could we invite a few more female colleagues? So mm. Because this is a business event after all, right. right? That's one thing that you do. And if he says that it was part of the job scope, then you really need to pull up that letter of employment and ask, where does it say? If he says you will be called upon to entertain clients at any time or day and, you know, whether they're opposite sex and then you saw that and you signed it, then no choice. Huh? Right. Know, very few employment contracts do say that. Right. <laughs> right? Mm. Now, this is an issue that I get. I mean, not about the harassment thing, right? But mm. about bosses asking people to do things. Kind of above and beyond their job scope? Above and beyond their job scope, violating their boundaries. Like a, a CEO calling his uh, chief uh, communications officer at midnight and screaming at her. That's clearly a violation of boundaries. And I say, mm. why don't you tell the person? Oh, well, they will they will put me in cold storage. And I always tell people this. I've spoken about this so many times. If you're so damn good at what you do. Nobody can put you in cold storage. Mm. And if they want to put you in cold storage, then if that's not where you want to be, then look at some other options. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you have to weigh whether your job or your career path is more important than your value system. Absolutely. If your career path is more important than your value system, then you're willing to do what you what it takes to get up there, then fine. But if your value system is... And this person clearly says that they felt violated. Yeah. Now, that's a very strong feeling, very strong words. Okay, clearly the boss was not going and also to entertain. The f- yeah, the fact that the boss is completely dismissive when, yeah. you know, uh, this person brought up their concerns, you know, that's really, for me, that's a sign of like, okay, I have to really evaluate, you know, is this job worth it if my boss is not going to take me seriously? A- absolutely. If he's not going to be the sort of like take seriously your feelings mm. that your value system has been violated, that you're so uncomfortable, and then if, if, if he's going to expect you to be doing this again and again and again, no way. Then where are you going to go? What are you there for? You know, you got to evaluate. Are you just a... Uh, 
eye candy there for him to go and entertain his his clients yeah. or you, are you really there because of your your competency mm, mm. absolutely i mean okay let's move on to like uh, the second case study here now as well uh it's slightly kind of less intense than mm. the first case study is but still quite pertinent uh this is regarding profanity so this person says my colleagues use a lot of profanity in their conversations i'm averse to profanity when i was growing up my mother used to punish us for using bad words and sometimes at work they use a lot of foul language so i see this as a violation of my values uh, and i see it as very disrespectful of what i want how do i handle this well you need to have a conversation with these people mm. who are using four letter words now i before i had this experience i worked with a bunch of males you know male journalists when i was a journalist and they all use four letter words you know the f word very prevalent you know mm. so i just said guys i'm not comfortable with this Ah, it's just a word. Yeah, but is it necessary? Is it adding value to your work? You mm. know, is it adding value to your management staff? And how does this uh, affect your leadership brand, your brand as a leader, mm. your brand as a human being? I would have these conversations, and they look at me like I'm really weird. So at the end of the day, I say, you know what, guys, uh, we we play together, we work together. I'm going to instill a rule, and you know, I was at like mid level management position, so I'm going to. Um, sort of start a rule here that every time somebody uses a profane word, you're going to put one ringgit inside this uh, swear swedger, yeah. And then at the end of the month, when we have enough, I'll you know we'll we'll go and buy drinks, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's very very important to sort of tell people you can do it in fun ways, la, like this, like the <laughs> swedger. Yeah. You know, oh, you said it again. Okay, now you got to go make me a cup of coffee, or you got to buy me right. curry puffs or whatever. But still, just yeah. a kind of reminder for them to be aware and respect of your boundaries as well yeah that's absolutely right. that's right and uh, this is an interesting one for me as well this last case study that you have uh, because it has to do with personal mm-hmm. space so it says uh, I'm a person who doesn't like to be touched how do I stop people from doing this especially the kinesthetic people who like to hug you or pat you on the back or touch you when they're talking and so on now this is interesting for me because by nature I'm quite a huggy person mm. but I don't hug people unless like I I'll kind of like ask them first I'll be like is it okay can I am I allowed to hug or shake hands or do whatever because again not everyone is comfortable at, you know with that kind of physical affection right well you're, you're doing the right thing asking people can I give you a hug you know and, and if people ask me that and if I feel like it and I know them very well I will but mm. uh, usually if I you know like strange people strange whether they're men or women and I don't have rapport with them I, my, I'm like you and I'm I mean in the sense that I'm not like you. You you like to hug. Uh, yeah. I'm a, like I'm a little, you know. So one of the things I do to sort of deflect people I don't know from coming forward and giving me a hug is to hold up my hand. Right. And a hand say, "Hi, how are you?" very friendly like. Mm. And then they'll they look at the hand and then oh, take the hand. Okay, she's not a huggy type, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I do tell people. You know, I I try not to recoil, you know, when people come forward to hug <laughs> me. I'll just sort of be very, you know, your body language can stiff, say you'll be yeah. a bit stiff and then they'll and I'll just say and then they'll get the message and they say you're not very huggy type are you I'm like no maybe if I know you like 10 years maybe you know? <laughs> so they get the message alright but what you need to do is um, to really tell people you can tell people things like you know I really get a bit stressed out when people come yeah. forward to hug me. You know, I really don't like being touched. Mm. Um, I guess something from my past, I guess, but hope you do understand. I think also even if there isn't like a reason for it and that's just the person that you are, then people should just respect that. I think, you know, a lot of these situations as well from the other side, because yeah, a lot of these have to do with the people who need to need to set boundaries themselves. But yeah. I think also from the other perspective, just ask people what their boundaries are. You know, that's really yeah. helpful, right? Yeah. You know, ask, are you okay? 
okay with this? You know, uh, I, are you the kind of person that likes being hugged? Is that all right? Uh, you know, just asking those simple questions doesn't detract from your experience, but it adds to theirs. And if you have infringed, you know, stepped over someone's boundary, then just apologize. Mm. I mean, if you've been horrendously late, then apologize. And mean it and then and make up for it, it next time also. That's right. Next time, come early <laughs> or be on time. Someone doesn't like you touching them, then you need to be very mindful of that because... Today, you know, touching someone who's not used to it, it can all be misconstrued. But also just be nice to people and respectful of people's boundaries. I, yeah. I, it's it's kind of sad that we have to have this conversation, you know. Um, but I think that is something that, unfortunately, a lot of people nowadays don't do anymore. But then, you know, we need to be respectful of other people's boundaries. Mm. But sometimes you can't just place the onus on us always to be asking other people, no, do your boundaries? Not. What are your boundaries in terms of this and that? We don't know. We should ask, but people should also establish tell. them as people should tell. Too. If, if, if a certain behavior is being repeated and you're uncomfortable, you don't like it, you're getting stressed by it, then speak out. Mm. Why do you keep quiet? Because you don't want to hurt the other person. But then maybe if you put it across in a position of rapport, you know, build rapport with them and say, look, can I talk to you about something? You know, that thing that you've been doing all this while, I'm kind really uncomfortable with it. I, I don't want to upset you or hurt you, but it's it's not about you, it's about me. I'm just like that, you know. So I hope you can understand and not do it anymore. Mm. And if they want to get hurt and say, oh, be gone with you, you know, that's I don't want to ever see your face. That is a, yeah, that, that's your prerogative. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in today, Sheila. That actually wraps up today's Razor Game for now, though. But it's been great having you in the studio to discuss uh, boundaries and setting them as well. Thank you. All right. If you've missed any of this interview, you can uh, listen to it again, obviously. We uh, upload everything as podcasts and you can find those on our app that's available on both the Apple App Store and Google Play. You can also head over to Spotify because we're on there now. We've also got our website bfm.my slash podcasts too. And selected podcasts are actually available to listen to on some Air Asia flights so that's pretty exciting as well. Yes, you've been listening to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9 but stay tuned for more great content. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.